Front and center with Sean and Jules. Everyone, welcome to a brand new show. Always exciting. Another Thursday, which means we are back on your radios, digital radios. You're listening to Front and Center. This is a show where we bring incredible young people front and center, as the title suggests, and also bring you some incredibly crazy news. Neil Mitchell today on his 3AW show said, you got to admire a man with commitment. It's amazing. He wasn't talking about our show, but I feel like it's relevant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, today we have uh, we have a guy who is so committed to his cause. We're going to be talking to Australia's youngest imam, Imam Kamran Tahir. And Imam is an Islamic preacher. Basically, yeah, uh, he leads you know a bunch of religious groups, and he started a couple of initiatives. Uh, have a coffee with an Islam, so and ask me anything. I'm Muslim. All about uh, challenging those preconceived misconceptions we might have about people from other different cultures and religions. He's going to be on your radio in about 20 minutes. He lives in Perth, so he will be joining us over the phone. Funny story about that. Sean completely forgot that Perth is in a different time zone. So he, nearly we nearly almost didn't have a show tonight until yeah. we, he emailed us about an hour ago and was like, oh, is it Perth time? <laughs> he was very nearly expecting a call in two hours' time because Perth's <laughs> back in two hours. So for him, it's five o'clock right now. But we're all good. We're all set up. We're going to be uh, having a chat to him shortly. Jules, a bit of an uneventful week for both of us, it seems. Yeah, I was I was just trying to think about what we could talk about our weeks at the start, and I kind of realised the most exciting part of my week was that I had I had two hours sleep on Saturday night, um, and then I had an assignment due on Wednesday. That's that's not much sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. I was like a zombie. I had to drive like two hours the next day out to Warburton again, so I was literally a white walker from Game of Thrones. Well, not literally, but... <laughs> well, that was another crazy episode. Oh, my God. drop any spoilers. Oh, Game of Thrones at the moment. But and, Sean, have you seen 13 Reasons Why? Actually, I don't watch this. I haven't gotten around it myself. Get around it, everyone. If you haven't already, I just started it. Last night, I was like, I should go to sleep, but I, I, just, I have to watch another episode. I was up to 2 a.m. watching it. It's such an enthralling mystery. Get onto it. We've got to, uh, got to shout out a couple of very special people to us. Just uh, chuck us a message on our Facebook page, Front and Centre, if you'd like a shout out. Let us know what you're up to tonight. I've got a message here from our good friend Jeremy. He's in the nation's capital over in Canberra, and he just wants to say, Go Blues! And I support that. Boo. I support him. I support him in that statement. <laughs> I don't because they beat the Hawks on the weekend. <laughs> Uh, also, <laughs> also a bit of a shout out to Discord. All our faithful listeners might remember Discord was the very, very first show for Sean and Jules on Front and Center. Our guests from week one, they've announced their new theme for edition three, which is On Display. So go check out their Facebook page if you're a keen writer, a keen artist, and you want to contribute to a really cool zine with some really cool folks, have a really good time. Get onto it, guys. Definitely check them out. They are a great bunch of people. Now we're going to crack into our first tune. Now we were speaking about oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yes. Now, you know what there is a lot of in Game of Thrones? Dragons. <laughs> well, that... So we're going to be playing Thunder by Imagine Dragons. Hey, Julesa, are you ready to inspire a whole nation of young people? <laughs> no. <laughs> Front and center. <laughs> I love that sweeper oh, so much. <laughs> that, that, that is a cracker. That, I'm, I'm surprised that that made it even onto the show. That was great. 
Uh, welcome back. You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Julza on Sin Nation. That song it was Thunder by Amazing Dragons. Always gets me pumped up, and I think it's pretty relevant to the theme of our show. It's just, you know, being the lightning before the thunder, being the thing that makes a big noise in society. Hey, Sean. Yeah, you do love your lame quotes, don't you, Jules? <laughs> you get around him, and... Uh, that's what I'm known for. That's why I love you, Jules. They You're call a- me the quote man. Now, now we're going to start off our show before we talk to our inspiring young guests, which we do every week. We're in week six. If you haven't listened to our previous five chats, I highly recommend you check out our podcast on the Sin website. But before we get into our chat today, we are going to be talking about a bit of unheard of news. It doesn't have to necessarily be unheard of. We like to dig into the topics a little bit deeper. I'm pretty sure we don't have a theme today, actually. Usually we have a theme, but today is just two. One's just a weird story and the other one's a weird, a funny story about something really awesome that happened this week. (laughs) Uh, I'm to stay tuned to find out. Sean, what's our first story of the day? Straight up. Look, (laughs) Jules, there has been some weird things going over in Britain. I know the the Brits, I am uh, half... We went from weird things happening in Europe last week to just weird things happening in Britain. Yep. Uh, Apart from from Brexit. Yeah, no, that's that's well uh, gone. Now the Brits are focusing on doing surveys about what people like to eat their food off. Hear me out, Jules. There's a group called YouGov. So I'm going to uh, say that that's a, it's run by the government. There was a, they did a small or, or by you. <laughs> they did a smallish survey of between two or 3,000 people. But what they found okay. was that people do not mind eating food off of unconventional vessels. I love the word vessels here. This can mean, you know, an unusual bowl, a jam jar, uh, a thong. 52% of people were down with eating fries from a pot plant. <laughs> Literally any service you can plant your food on. Uh, even MasterChef judge from MasterChef England or Britain or whatever, William Sitwell in 2014 said that this vessel was an abomination. You know what that vessel was, Sean? What was the vessel? Square plates. <laughs> A square plate. He wouldn't serve risotto on a square plate. It's got to be a round bowl. But Jules, that if you think that's weird, eating risotto off a square plate, check this out. Okay. Nine percent of those surveyed said they would eat or it was acceptable to serve food in a shoe. In a shoe. Now we've all heard of the old, good old shoey, but this is different. A shoey is over and done with in 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Doesn't matter what you're drinking from it. It could be a soft drink, whatever. They're done. Food in a shoe. You're sitting there. That's disgusting. For what? Ten minutes? Is it a new shoe? It better be a new shoe because I'm not eating. I, I, if, I, if someone was eating something from a worn shoe, that's just. Uh, it makes the taste a bit more pungent. <laughs> that ain't a brand new shoe. I'm not going anywhere near it. But that's not the strangest <clears throat> vessel that Brits wouldn't mind eating off Jules. What's the strangest vessel, Sean? One in ten of those surveyed thinks it's okay to eat food from a dog bowl. Ah, uh, but what, like... Is it a used dog bowl or is it just a dog bowl? Wasn't was not specified, but I don't think that's really relevant, Jules. If a dog is eaten from that dog bowl, I'm not going anywhere near it. But no if it's way. A, otherwise, it's just, otherwise, it's just a steel bowl. It's a steel bowl that has been frequently licked by dogs. Yeah, but it probably means like dog bowls and it's got like Fido written on the side or something like that. Well, got a big that's still weird. I've got a big problem with the whole humans and the the merging of the lines between the humans and the dogs. The things this that is why Sean's not a vegan. Things dogs are doing or their owners are making dogs do are just not okay. 
Yeah, but it's a dog bowl. It's just eating out of a clean silver bowl. It's like the kind of thing you you know mix your salad in or whatever. No, it's not because my dog doesn't eat from the thing that I mix my salad in. <laughs> um, look, just on the whole dog note, I've recently... Uh, I was working in a cafe, just quit my job. Thank you very much. Woo! But uh, this is the sort of stuff I saw people do with their dogs in the cafe. I would see dog blankets. So your dog can't sit outside. They've got to sit on a blanket. I've seen jackets. I've seen weird kind of brushes. I've seen people bring their own portable dog water bowl because their dog can't uh, drink out of the cafe one that we had. The and that wa- makes sense. Like, condi- if, uh, dogs are like, conditioned to drink from certain bowls and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's okay for dogs to have separate bowls from water. But also Sean, I think you're just complaining now. I think Sean's just get venting a lot from his pram, old cafe job. Dog pram. <laughs> I saw a dog get wheeled in a pram in to one of my cafe tables and just sat there in the pram at the table while the owner had a coffee. Okay, that's weird. I'll give you that one. That's weird. Why I would mean, you give that's me like a break? Having, I mean, I know everyone's dogs their baby, they're a little puppy. I mean, I have a dog that's 15 years old. She's still my puppy, but that's weird. It's like it's like I can survive a chihuahua in a tote bag, but. In a pram. I can just imagine a dog sitting on its back, strapped in like a baby, with like a little bow tie on his head. It's the same with like dogs sleeping in humans' beds. I have a massive problem with that. Uh, inside the bed. Yeah. Yeah. At the foot of the bed's okay. Mm, inside yeah, the bed. Yeah, not under the sheets or the doona. Yeah, just yeah. Well, keep the clean things your doona every Dogs have their dog day. things. Humans have their human things. The, eating the food is one of those things where you just should not be... Eating food out of a dog bowl. I don't care how many times it's been washed. I don't care how many times it's been used. This is like the peak of the hipster revolution where we're deconstructing our coffees, we're eating off wooden boards, but now we're eating from dog bowls just to be real different. (laughs) <laughs> oh, look, that survey seriously uh, freaked me out, Jules. As you can see, Sean's quite messed up from it. Let's move on. I don't want to see let's, those things happening in Australia. Let's, keep, let's cheer soon. Sean up. Uh, so, guys, the solo eclipse happened this, this week, except it didn't happen in Australia, unfortunately. No, but it's still it pretty cool. It was a massive thing over in America. Take a little listen to this. Phenomenon that sent hordes of Americans scrambling for tinted glasses and an open view. It's been 99 years since a total solar eclipse swept from coast to coast in the U.S. We join millions flocking to the path of totality to capture the mystique and celebration of this long-awaited event. Wow, that's a lot of people. I mean, you'd be uh, really. I think you'd be crazy not to have a look at it. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, the next one isn't supposed to be. Sorry, in Australia, the next one's supposed to be in 20. 28? Four? No, 2028, I think. I remember mm. thinking I'd be in my 30s. Now, this solar eclipse, I'm sure you've heard about it. This isn't the unheard of news we're going to talk about. Mm. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into this, but I'll just put it into a bit of perspective for everybody. So, eclipses do happen. They happen, you know, it's kind of random times. They, the scientists can sort it out. But why this one was so special, they were calling it the great, well, they call it the great eclipse or something like that of uh, 2021. But this one was so special because it crossed from east to west. Uh, from the Pacific to the Atlantic coast, all the way across America, so everybody could see uh, when the the sun goes behind the moon. So this the last time this happened was in 1918. So there have been wow. solar eclipses since, but the last time it went from coast to coast over America was in 1918. But- and the last one before that took place in America in 1979. But not everyone's getting excited about this because. There's just been a ton of actual, really, really pessimistic people and lots of conspiracy theories. Oh, oh 
This thing yeah. brought craziness into the world. Keep keep it playing, Sean. There have been some conspiracy theories. This does my head in. Why can people not just enjoy a solar eclipse? Can't they just see a solar eclipse and go, oh yeah, that's beautiful. No, nah, they've got to get all conspiracy theory on us. I love a good conspiracy theory. No joke, guys. In 2011, I 100% believed that 2012, the world was going to end. I was convinced. I was freaking out. I was telling my friends at school, like, guys, prepare yourselves. And yeah, it didn't happen. But <clears throat> so... First, with the, the first crazy thing about this is the conspiracy theory of Nibiru. Sean, do you know what Nibiru is? Oh, I've got no clue. This is the predicted planet, which is just floating around the Milky Way, planning to one day collide with Earth and kill us all. It was first proposed back in 1995. Um... There was this conspiracy theorist named Nancy Leader, who apparently has a brain implant that allows her to talk to aliens. So she predicted that would happen in 2003, again in 2012, but now it's going to happen again in 2017, Sean. Of course it is, Jules. David Mead, a famous conspiracy theorist author, believes the solar eclipse is a harbinger for another apocalypse in September 23rd, 2017. Clear your calendars, everyone. Get ready, because we're all going to die. Look, these conspiracy theory theorists are just hanging around. Look, just the other day, I was just chatting to someone, and he literally was absolutely convinced that the world was was run by shape-shifting lizard people. I believe it. <laughs> what do you mean you believe it? I mean, and I looked it up. This is a real big thing, and apparently 12 million Americans believe the world's leaders are all these shape-shifting lizard humanoid things. I mean, since I when? It. How are people getting this stuff in their head? Why are we? Why have we become so cynical with the world? The best bit as well is that this this should have this solar eclipse should have disproven all flat Earth conspiracies because they because they should have seen that you know the the sun the moon goes in front of the sun and the Earth revolves around the sun, all that kind of stuff. But no, they're all like, nah, man, it's photoshopped and it's all CGI and it's not true and it was actually done by other mythical figures and it's the sun doing its own thing. The moon had nothing to do with it. The lighting, they had some videos online of them adjusting the lighting in NASA's photos to be, well, technically, this is the sun doing it and it's not the actual moon. And we've never (laughs) been to the moon. NASA never went to the moon. That was all a hoax as well. And, like, you know, I've frequently fallen off the edge of of the world when I've gone on a boat. Um, Are we done with this music, Jules? Are we done with the free? Yeah, you can I'm gonna be scared. Up. I'm gonna be scared over here. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> of I feel like Illuminati. I've got to say, me. quick side note: onto the fight of the conspiracy. I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson a couple, about a month or two ago. Oh, you love this bloke, don't you? Oh, he's great. I love him. I'm a big fan. Um, as was everyone else in there. They were, they were big fans. Um, and this this young man went up to him. Oh, went up to the you know the Q, the microphone during the Q and A bit and said, "I like to argue with people about flat Earth conspiracies online." And I was like, "Oh, bless him." Um, and he said, Neil, what is the one trick I can use to always trump a flat Earth conspiracist? And he said, well, when you see a lunar eclipse, you don't see a flat line, do you? You see a curve. And yet people still believe that we nah, live on a disc. It's not enough. Look, I'm getting a few more messages coming in here on the uh, the old Facebook, Jules. The uh, person messaging in actually wants to stay anonymous. Uh, but they have said that just on the dog topic, Jules is a dog. That's a bit, that's a bit rude, isn't it? And uh, Jesus. also said another conspiracy, Jules isn't actually funny. Oh yeah, but hey, not all conspiracies are true, and so. <laughs> well, that's what we just proved that look, these conspiracy theories aren't true. So that's not like Jules. I think you're pretty funny. Thanks, I'm sure. Sean. Oh. All the other listeners Bay. feel as if you are pretty 
funny. I'm sure they feel the way I do, which is oh! actually, which is actually the name, <laughs> the name of our next song. Sean's segues have uh, been absolutely on point the I'm past g- couple of weeks. I'm gonna have to put together a little clip of all of my fantastic segues over our uh, our show. Anyway. <laughs> Feel the Way okay. I Do by the Jungle <laughs> Giants. Here it is. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules. We'll be up next with Imam Cameron to here. Cheetah mm. book. With me up, how you go, go. Maybe something like that. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules on Sin Nation. Welcome back. You heard the sweeper. You're back with your, with your absolute fave radio hosts. Sean, we're just about ready to talk to our incredible young person. He is... An Islamic leader. He is the founder of Coffee and Islam. He's the face behind I'm a Muslim, Ask Me Anything. Welcome to our show, Imam. Imam. Thank you very much for having yeah. me on. It's a very humbling introduction there. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, you, you deserve it now. We're, yeah, so Imam Kamran here. You are Australia's youngest Imam. Uh, do you mind, first off, just telling us a little bit about the role of an Imam and what, yeah, what exactly is that you do? Thank you very much. So an imam literally means, means a leader. So as we have a priest or rabbis in the Christian as well as the Jewish faith, the imam is that leader within the Islamic faith. So on a day-to-day basis, uh, the role of an imam is to give lectures, uh, lead people in congregational prayers, and deliver speeches uh, all, all around the world as well as all around in the city that we reside in. Yeah, absolutely. Now, originally, um, well, I can hear a little bit of an accent there. You are from Britain, is that correct? Yes, yes, that is, that is. Now, I'm what's originally the story? from uh, England, uh, Leicester to be precise, in the Midlands. Yeah, oh, very and, nice. And now you're working in Perth, of all places. How did you find yourself up there? So, <laughs> good question. So what happens is that uh, being an imam, you work under, uh, of course, an administration system. So what happens is, Belonging to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, we believe in a successorship of His Holiness, and under His leadership, we get sent to all over the world, wherever there is a need for the community to have an imam. So once I graduated, of course, I've done a seven-year course in theology and modern languages, and after which I was allocated or sent to Australia, Sydney, as an imam, and I had the opportunity to serve as, as an imam in Sydney for a year and a half, after which uh, the community had acquired a mosque here in Perth, in the southern part of Perth, and there was a need for an imam, and that's when I got sent to uh, Perth, and that's when uh, the Coffee in Islam and I'm a Muslim anything kicked off. Oh, it's really interesting how that all works, like the system. So <laughs> how long, uh, do you have, a, do you have a, a set plan for how long you stay in Perth running that particular mosque before you move on or you get sent somewhere else? Oh, there's not, not a set plan. It's just usually when there, if there is a need that arises somewhere else for uh, a person like myself to go, then that's when we get sent uh, to another place. And how was your reaction when, uh, when you were back in Britain and they said, yeah, look, we need you in Sydney. Were you excited to come down under? Were you a little bit scared? Uh, you know, that's actually a funny story as well because initially being uh, in England, I was working for the press and media department of the community in London and then one day I get a call saying that hey, uh, do you like cricket <laughs> so that, was a, that, that was an odd question at the, at the time I was like no I'm not very fond of cricket they go oh that's a shame because you're going to Australia and I said uh, Austria they're like no 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 Australia 
when I was at Australia it is then I guess. So <laughs> but you... I'll tell you one thing though, after after moving to Australia I I've actually fallen in love with Australia. It's just I think it's one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> Now, you have started this Coffee and Islam initiative as well as uh, being the face behind Ask Me Anything, I'm a Muslim. Uh, why did you start doing uh, these initiatives and what are you trying to achieve through them? I think uh, that, uh, it's an excellent question that why have I started this, these initiatives of Coffee and Islam as well as I'm a Muslim, Ask Me Anything. I think if, if you're aware of the census that was just uh, held a couple of months ago, I think that answers the question itself. Because within that census, we saw that population in Australia is of 2%. And then going deeper into the census, we realized that that 2%, the majority of the 2% of Muslims are in the eastern states, i.e. Sydney, Adelaide, Brisbane, or Melbourne for that matter. And uh, naturally, you know, unfortunately, we see in the media nowadays the way that Islam is being portrayed, being a scholar of the faith, being a person who practices the faith day in, day out. I feel it's uh, a very misleading image that's being painted of Islam. Hence, I thought, what's the best way of removing that misconception? And I felt that one-to-one conversations over coffee that we all love, well, I know I do, and uh, just removing those uh, misconceptions and breaking those barriers and building those bridges. How do you think, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you think a, a one-on-one conversation makes a difference? Generally, because w- what it is is that, you know, if you've never heard of anything, so for instance, let's take Islam for, for, the, uh, for the example. Day in, day out, you're being told that, God forbid, it's a violent religion, so on and so forth. And if you've never spoken to a person who practices it, you're going to build an image of it. You're going to build a perception of that faith. But when you sit down with a Muslim and you have a conversation, and I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you, in all of the coffee in Islam that I do have, the sittings, majority of the time that we spend speaking is not about Islam at all. It's about general topics. Islam is only lasts about 10, 15 minutes maximum. But after that, you come to realize that, hold on, this person is just like me. If, you know, we can make become good friends and that's how that perception changes that when they do go away and then they speak to their family and friends or whomever they come to speak about and the conversation or the topic of Islam does arise they can say well hold on you know I've spoken to a Muslim not even a Muslim an imam uh, a leader of the congregation or a community of Muslims and it's, it's, it's very very different to what we hear I think it's just that one person that makes a difference and it's, it's like a ripple effect that you know He'll go away and have a conversation with somebody, and he'll also act like uh, like a person who's breaking those misconceptions because he himself has spoken to a Muslim who doesn't practice or even preach whatever we're being told that Islam is about. Yeah, that's that's so that's so fascinating. How, like, yeah, I guess face to face human interaction can really make all the difference from just what you read on the news or something like that. So you feel like you've had a lot of success with this initiative because it's still pretty new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is new. I think it's only been a couple of months. But definitely, it, it's, been, it's been very, very successful because most of the people, and the majority of the people that I have spoken to are, are, are my friends. And so much so that next week we're having uh, the Eid celebration, which is one of the two celebrations that Muslims do within the year. All of the sessions that I've had of Muslims, uh, sorry, Coffee and Islam, I've invited them to come to the mosque and enjoy a barbecue with us. And majority of them have accepted now, what are some of these most common misconceptions that you see 
that some Australians hold towards Muslims? Because, yeah, you've touched on it a little bit, and the media does kind of amplify some negative images. What do you think... What are the uh, misconceptions that arise from these images? Um, and just, just on a side note, I mean, I, I don't know when... You know, when we were all younger, we used to watch these cartoons. Yeah. These yeah. cartoons, yeah. you know, you have the good guys and you have the bad guys, and yeah. the bad guys are trying to take over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we've all seen those cartoons. Absolutely. And nowadays, that one of the biggest misconceptions is all of that, that, you know, Muslims are somehow in some way trying to take over the world uh, via Sharia law. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, that's one of the you know one of the biggest misconceptions that there's out there. You know that we are over the world by this 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 thing called Sharia law, and uh, and when we look at Sharia law, Sharia law literally means a way of life. So for me to laugh, to for me to give charity, for me to pray five times a day as a Muslim, that is Sharia law for me. So the spiritual aspect of it is is, is all Sharia. Whatever I do is my Sharia. And for a Christian to follow his way of life, say, follow his religion, or for a Jew to follow his religion would be his Sharia. But when it comes to this so-called political thing, what people are trying to assert to Islam, saying that they are trying to take over via the Sharia law, is absolutely incorrect, because even a slight uh, study of the Holy Quran, which is the Holy Scripture of Islam, we see that God Almighty in the Holy Quran states to Muslims that it is your duty to follow the laws of the land that you reside in. So for me, as a Muslim, I cannot say that I want my laws to be applied in this country over the ones of the country themselves. And to further elaborate on this point, the Prophet of Islam, peace be upon him, states that for a Muslim to be loyal to the country that he resides in is part of his faith, is his faith. And then if that doesn't extinguish that misconception or that fire of the misconception, further on the Prophet states that even if you are not fond of a leader of your country, you are still to be obedient to that leader. So all of these things kept in mind clearly show that there is no concept of us or Muslims trying to take over, you know? In a nutshell. Yeah, that's that's so fascinating. Cause I had I had no idea about any of that until until this conversation <laughs> right now. This is incredible. So I I, I can uh, I'm, we're experiencing firsthand the kind of effect that this is blowing my mind, and I think this is blowing the minds of a lot of our listeners as well, no doubt. I just wish that we heard more of your voice being amplified on the mm. national stage instead of people such as Pauline Hanson, because you are just so much more. Oh, just just. Friendlier, just thinks more. <laughs> they yeah. just thinks more before they talk, and just grounded, and yeah, it's just really eye-opening stuff. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, Very humbling. Now, yeah. look, uh, we're going to throw it to a song. Imam is going to be joining us still after this song. Now, Imam, would you call yourself a bit of a preacher? Yeah, you can, you can you can put you can put me down as a preacher. Why not? You could say that. Well, the next tune is the next tune is by a band called The Preachers. Oh, there it is. Uh, and the song is called Yana Died. It's their brand new one. Uh, you're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Julesa. We'll be back with Imam straight after this song. You're listening to Front and Center with Sean and Julesa on Sin Nation. Yeah, absolutely. You are. I'm Sean and with Julesa. We What's up? are on Sin Nation on your digital radio. Always uh, having a good time. Stations. That was the preachers with Yanada, and we are joined by our very special guest, Imam Kamran Tahir. He's still with us on the phone. How are you going, Imam? Good, good, excellent. 
Now, we're tackling some of the big questions affecting Australia at the moment. We're talking about a bit about what you do, tackling the uh, misconceptions around the Islam community. Where do you think uh, all of this has kind of come from, these misconceptions? What, what's one of the biggest causes? Especially in terms of, like, you, you're giving us an incredible explanation about Sharia law. Um, what do you think started the misconception about that in particular? I think, uh, like all all faiths and all you know, you, all groups, you always have these extremists or radicals who have their own agendas. I mean, uh, we, for instance, we look at some of the uh, the terrorist groups that we have in the Middle East, i.e., the ISIS, the so-called Islamic State. Only a couple of days ago, I was reading an article written in the Independent in which they said that majority of the people that are there in Syria, once being interviewed, they do not have a clue about what. The Islamic faith teaches. Wow. So much so, so much so that I came across this very interesting incident of a of a French journalist that was there in uh, in Syria at the time, who happened to know how to speak Arabic. And what had happened was that he was at a check post with his wife. They were crossing the check post as journalists, and then they were stopped by a militant of that belonged to the IS. And he stopped them, and and this Frenchman goes that you have to let me by as I'm a Muslim. And uh, the militant goes, you're not a Muslim, prove it. He goes, well, what if I read a verse of the Holy Quran to you, would you let me pass? And the militant's like, yes, that should be good enough for me. And then uh, this Frenchman, who, who happened to be a Christian, recited a verse of the Bible in Arabic, and uh, the, the militant let him, let him go by. Wow. And at this time, his, his wife is shocked that, what have you done? Do you not know that these people could kill this? He goes, well, if they'd known what Islam truly teaches, they wouldn't be doing this in the first place. So what I'm getting at is that these people, they don't actually know what Islam is themselves, but it's all politically, or there are some other agendas, uh, sorry, other agendas that are motivating them to do these things. Yeah, so they're using, they're using their religion as a, as a, I guess, as a, as a means a to an end. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's incredible. So when, when people come up to you with questions about these extreme groups and the terrorist attacks and um, topics such as that. How do, you, how do you approach that issue when you talk to people in a short conversation? Uh, shortly, I think the short answer for this would be that naturally, you know, a person who follows their scripture would be called that he's affiliated to that scripture. For instance, if I follow the Bible, if I practice the Bible, I would be called a Christian. If I followed the Torah, I would be called a Jew. And as I follow the Holy Quran, or the instructions, or the teachings, or the commandments of the Holy Quran, I am called a Muslim. Now, I think the first and foremost thing that one has to do is look at what the Holy Quran actually teaches. One of the main things that Holy Quran teaches, and it's a verse in the Holy Quran, that states that there is no compulsion in religion, that you cannot force anybody to accept your religion. But on the other hand, we see that these militants are doing exactly that. Well. You know, you have to ask yourself that who is correct? Is the Holy Scripture correct or is the people correct? Yeah, and who is following it, place, right? Exactly. And in another place, the Holy Quran states that if you kill one person, it's like you've killed the whole of humanity. And yeah. once again, you, you know, you, you balance both of them together. You see that then you question yourself, is the militant right or the Holy Scripture? Naturally, you know, keeping all of these things and the verses can go on and on and on, so much so that in another verse in the Holy Quran, it is God addressing these militants now. He says that if I wanted to, everybody in the world would have become a believer, but I didn't. How can you then force people to do so? You know, categorically, explicitly in the Holy Quran, 
God Almighty is saying that you cannot force people to accept something they do not want to accept, then how will you force them to? You know, and then you put the militants in perspective, keeping this verse in mind. Once again, you ask yourself that what do you accept the militants? saying that this is their Islam, this is the true Islam, or the Holy Scripture. Naturally, you know, you follow the Holy Scripture. Yeah. That's, my, my mouth, is, my jaw is literally dropping at this information. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe it. I just, I can't, I can't understand how such negative images of such a, such a peaceful sounding religion with such peaceful Scripture gets skewed. I mean, we just always, from what, from what we see, especially around terrorism, is that terrorism is... Muslims against Westerners. That's just what we're taught. It's in the media. That's what we come to think. But when you look at statistics, not only is that just not the case, there are plenty of other white supremacists and Christian terrorists. But in fact, the majority of people dying from terrorist attacks are Muslims living in... Exactly. Yeah, they're Muslims living in in the East, living in um, Muslim countries. But you know, we don't countries, really... Yeah. We don't hear about that. We always see the morning of, you know, the... 12 or whatever people in whatever Western country. And we should hear about those, but we should also be hearing about all the Muslim lives that we lose as well. But we don't really get enough of that in Australia. Mm, it's, it's, I guess it's just the unfortunate truth of the, of, of the time that we're living in because it's exactly what you've said. And I always, when I'm asked, I always say that, you know, a person who, who preaches hate is a hate preacher and he is the true terrorist, regardless of colour, creed or faith, you know? And the fact of the matter is that you should call a terrorist a terrorist as yeah. they are, not, uh, you know, not, not to allocate them to a certain religion or a group. Because, for instance, if we take Charlottesville, only a week or so what happened was that yeah. that is terrorism as well, but it took a couple of days for them to actually call that a domestic terrorism. Yeah. But whereas, you know, it, it, it's, it's hypocrisy at its best, I believe, at times. But uh, it's, it's, it's people like myself, you know, we're trying to go out and we're trying to... Uh, remove those misconceptions that are out there so the people that we do meet at least they can go away and say well you know what that's not what the Islamic faith is it's something totally different yeah do you think that there's I guess there's an ultimate solution that can sort of stop such negative imagery from uh, from circulating in more and this more positive image to come out do you think there's an ultimate solution for that oh definitely definitely I, I definitely agree that there is look I, I belong to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and the motto of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is love for all, hatred for none. I think this motto in itself, if everybody, regardless of what religion they are, even if they aren't practicing a religion, were to follow this small motto, but uh, that holds great depth in its meaning of love for all, hatred for none, I think the world would be a much, much more harmonious and a peaceful and a tolerant place to live in. Absolutely. Are you positive about the future? Do you think that the work that you're doing around Perth and that you've done in Sydney and other places around the world, do you think that we're going to keep improving the discussions around different cultures and religions? And of course, and I believe in prayers, so I'm definitely going to be praying and I'm definitely going to be uh, you know, open to it. But we, as the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, are doing these initiatives all around the world. And of course, you know, as it has been today, it's opening up discussion, be it on the radio, be it on the television, or be it on in day-to-day life. So I'm definitely hopeful. Absolutely. Uh, now, what would you say to a young individual of any uh, creed and any culture? What would you say to them if they wanted to go out there and have some sort of positive social impact? Where do you get started? 
I think I'm a firm believer of, of, of this analogy that you should become the change you want to see. And, uh, you know, many a times there are many barriers that one puts up in their own minds, even if they're there or not. I think you should get over them and just 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 start wherever it is. You know, we started that uh, I'm a Muslim asking anything. And when I started, some of the people that I was going with were very nervous at the time. And some of the people that I told who weren't going were advising me not to do so because, you know, they thought that it's very conservative at the moment and people won't be accepting of it. But, you know, I think you definitely have to become the change you want to see. Because if, you know, we're sat in our couches at our homes and expecting somebody else to do something, then, you know, nobody's going to become that change. Well, we love the change that you're trying to enforce, Imam. Look, at the end of the Absolutely. day, Jules, Imam, everyone listening, we just want everybody to get along, don't we, Jules? Absolutely, we do. We just want peace. Really. We just don't want to fight. I got there before you, Sean. <laughs> we don't want to fight, which is the name of our next tune by the Alabama Shakes. We love our segues here. We'll be back with you after this tune. Stick uh, around. You're listening to Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. <laughs> Oh, that is great. No, I would definitely call it that. <laughs> All right, my mate Jules is doing one of his laugh attacks. You're listening to Front and Centre with Sean and Jules are on Sin Nation. Classic moment from a previous show, don't you reckon, Jules? That's always my favourite moment, but this show has been one of my favourite moments because we're talking to Imam. How are you going, Imam? You still here? Look, awesome. we've had an absolutely fantastic, enlightening would probably be the best word, enlightening Definitely. conversation. If you're Definitely. just tuning in, we'll be putting the podcast of this show up tomorrow, more than likely. I'd say 95% chance. It's Sean, gonna... <laughs> you're not doing anything tomorrow. Get it's it up. 95% chance the podcast will be up tomorrow. We're going to get that. We're going to share it around. Hopefully, Imam's going to share it around to uh, his community, and we're just going to get people talking about these things a bit more. We've had a very interesting conversation with you and Mum, but now we're going to lighten it up a bit. We're going to have a bit of a fun conversation. You up for that? <laughs> Why not? Let's go for it. Let's awesome. go, Jules. Well, this is what I call the <laughs> the quick fire round. Oh, yes, <laughs> this is where we like to, yeah, as Jules said, lighten it up. We're going to just give you some quick questions, quick answers. We're just going to, yeah, we're just going to have some fun with these ones. So, are you ready to go? Let's do it. Now, Ima, what is the best place that you have travelled to? It has to be Morocco. Morocco. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah, I really want to go there. Marrakesh has to be the place. Yeah, why is or that? the south of France. Uh, south of Spain, actually. That's, that's pretty beautiful as well. Awesome. What was it about Morocco that, uh, that just did it for you? I think it was just the bazaars and the coast. And it was very, very... Uh, unique and uh, original. There wasn't any, you know, the, none of the media, none of, uh, as in, you know, the technology is not very um, up to date over there. So it's very original. No, everybody's living their day-to-day life like normal people in terms of, you know, layman, as they say. Absolutely, really awesome. keen to head over there one day. Yeah, definitely. Next question, uh, because a lot of your initiative is about conversation, we're wondering what's the most interesting conversation you've ever had. The most interesting conversation I've ever had was with somebody who said that he belonged to the United Patriots Front. Oh, that would be that, that, that would be very interesting. It was very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Now, for those who don't know, the United Patriots Front is basically just a group of Australian nationalists. So, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen the leader of that around the joint on a few TV shows. So I'm sure that would have been, yeah, very very hard on your on your end. It was, it was an interesting conversation, but I tell you what, after the conversation ended, he actually said to me, 
if it's Muslims like you that are coming and we welcome you. So oh. that was a very, very good outcome well, that's of a that nice, conversation. That's a nice compliment. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of change you want to be inspiring in people. Definitely. Now, Definitely. along with those conversations, you like to drink a fair bit of coffee. How do you have your coffee? <laughs> I like a short Mac topped up. Oh, I like it. That's short Mac topped up. Any sugar? No sugar. No, you're sweet enough, aren't you, Imam? Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I, knew that, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Uh, you know, you, you know Sean by it, now. It, it, just, it had to. It had to. Awesome. All right. Got next question, something I'm really curious about. What is your, your morning routine? Morning routine is uh, just going for a jog or just going to the gym after the morning prayers. Awesome. Jeez, this, seriously, you, you just keep coming up with good things. I mean, I should be getting up in the morning going for a run, but I just <laughs> don't. Just is there? Can you just give me a bad habit? Just give me something. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Energizes you for the day. Chocolate, really well. chocolate has to be my bad habit. I'm, I'm not going to lie with you. Chocolate is my oh, there we go. guilty pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> Every, yeah. everyone's everyone's weakness is chocolate. I think. Yeah. Now you've uh, been to quite a few places around the world. Uh, is there a cuisine that has really stuck with you? What's your favourite cuisine? Mexican has to be Mexican. Oh, oh love love a good bit of Mexican. Interesting like, stuff. So prepared for these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Quick on his uh, feet. Like a... I guess after so many conversations like like the ones you've had, you, you've definitely learned to be quick on your feet. <laughs> oh, you have to be. You have to be. Otherwise, people think that you know you're making stuff up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Imam, that's the end. That's the end of our quick fire round. Unfortunately, that's always the most fun part. <laughs> what is your? We got to ask as well. What is? What are your plans for the rest of the year? Um, I'm traveling a fair bit, giving a few lectures, uh, traveling up and down uh, Australia. So just traveling and meeting a ton of new people and hoping to make uh, long-lasting friendships. Awesome. Well, we wish you the absolute best of luck with all of your endeavors. We hope other young Aussies out there. Well, let's just remind everybody that you are 26, Australia's youngest imam. Uh, let's hope that other young Aussies get inspired to whatever they want to do. Just go out there and inspire some social change or, you know, just really do something something worth doing. So thanks a lot for your time this evening. It is much thanks appreciated. Thanks a lot for coming. It's been incredible. Thank you very much. Conversation was thoroughly enjoyed. Thank you very awesome, much. Great, awesome. great, great to hear. You had a good time. You know what's awesome, Sean? Tell me what's awesome, Julesa. Us and our show, Front and Centre, on Sydney Nation at Thursdays at 7 pm. You're with Sean and Julesa. We're at the end of another show, and i got to say to Sean, this has been my favourite show yet. How good was that show? Oh. We've just had the best chat with Imam Kamran to hear Australia's youngest Imam. It was just enlightening and inspiring, and I hope you all uh, can get around it on the podcast. I called it was going to be a good show. I said to Sean, it's going to be a good show. Absolutely. And it was. I uh, tell you what, um, it's been a show full of great conversation. A little bit of conspiracies on the side. We had a few conspiracies back there at the uh, the start of the show. You'll be able to check those out on the podcast if you're just tuning in. Absolutely. Uh, once again, we are on social media. Check us out. Uh, I think the sweeper's actually going to say a bit about that. Like I said, it's been an incredible show. I called it. Uh, quick shout out to Jeremy once again because he's been messaging us the whole show with a bit of banter. He's uh, been a legend. He, Love you, Jez. He loves it. He's enjoyed the show. We've enjoyed having him. Look, please do send us a message if you're hanging around. Well, look, we're not hanging around, so don't send us a message. But send next a message week. Next week, next next week, week. we've got a, another exciting show with a really incredible young woman. But we'll let you more, know some more information about that on our Facebook um, in the coming days. Sean. 
Another show done. This is pretty sad. We're past the halfway point. Yeah, this marks the halfway point. We've had six weeks. We've had six interviews, and we've got six to let, uh, six to go. Another day, another show, another. Wait. We've gone way over. <laughs> Wait, did you hear that? Six shows done. Six weeks in, six to go. <laughs> yes, triple six. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sean is on point tonight. He's usually not this funny. I don't know what's gotten into him. He's probably been hanging out with me a lot more than yeah, he should. Yeah, Jules, you're rubbing off on me. Yeah, look, we've... All right, Sean, yeah, we better, we, better, we better get going. We're just having this... too much fun on the radio. We just yeah. want to stay on all the time. But look, let's wrap we're gonna, this we're gonna, up. We'll apply for a longer show for everyone because I know you guys want it. Thanks so much for hanging around, sticking with us, giving us a listen, giving us your time again. We love you all. We're so appreciative. If you are just tuning in, miss, like Sean said, check out our podcast. Hopefully, it'll be up tomorrow on the scene website. We love you guys. This is Sean and Jules are signing off from and Center. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Front and Center with Sean and Julza on our weekly podcast. What another great show. That was super fun. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 7pm on Sin Nation or on our podcast a few days later. We will be interviewing more incredible young people and exploring more awesome unheard of news. So Sean, I'm pretty excited. We'll see you then.